0: Okay, we're working our way through the book of Genesis. We're going to go through uh, chapters number 6 and 7. Last week we went through chapter 5. That's that mathematical one where we're adding up big numbers and coming out uh, with some pretty clear understanding. Pretty amazing where we can actually go right from the first day and count on and on right up till the flood came and know exactly the number of years that it was it's not the bible's not some hazy uh, undefined book it's very clear it's to the point tells us what happened and uh, I've been reading a lot of books about creation and history and they say, well, some scientist said this, and then they argue with that poor scientist for the rest of their life, and I don't know. I don't know if it's worth that much. If you just believe the Bible, it makes life a lot easier. <laughs> uh, there it is, and accept uh, it for what it is. And we can find things to show us how accurate it is, but we certainly had last week a very accurate accounting of two Things number one, uh, the family that Adam began was Seth, and the line that were called the men of God. In that line, people who believed in God, and then of course Cain, on the other side, his descendants, uh, smart, intelligent, and all that, but not a good line. And so that's what brings us to chapter six, and we start here uh, with a, a moral decay of what's happening is a moral decay and it's going to get really bad we get some chapter 6 verse 1. It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God, those were the descendants of Seth, saw that the daughters of men that were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And now these two lines are beginning to intermarry. The descendants of Cain, descendants of Seth are beginning to intermarry. And my personal uh, experience is that if one believer marries an unbeliever, it's pretty tough. <laughs> pretty tough to pull towards the believing side. It goes real easy the other way. And that's obviously what happened. Verse 13, the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And so, we're going uh, God going to make a change. He's going to make it 120 years. You know, last week we saw the oldest man, 969 years old. He's considerably old gentleman, huh? God said, I'm going to shrink it down to 120, and we'll see why here in just a minute. But God said, I'm not always going to strive. I am going to be patient, but not forever. All right, so God is patient, But he said, I'm not going to be patient forever. Here we go, verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days. Also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bared children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And so, now these people, as they interbreed, they're getting some really amazing people and some of them are giants, great, big, huge monster guys. And they call them men of renown. They became famous in the earth, mighty men, uh, having their way, ruling over other people, and pushing their weight around, you might say. And here's, here's the result of it. Verse 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually all I could think of. Me, myself, and I, what can I do? What can I be? I want to be somebody special. And so, you get verse 6, it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And so, God says, I wish I never made humans. Well, that's quite a thing, isn't it? It's almost like you think he made a mistake. Right? Don't say, yes. Disagree. Don't say, no, Eric, that can't be. God doesn't make mistakes. That's right. Okay, that's right. You got it right. All right. It looks like when we read it, it says, well, God said, oh, man, that didn't turn out the way I thought it would. Believe me, He knew how it was going to turn out. He's very sad because He had a whole other plan. Verse 7 The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Right, so God is sorry for the way that things are, and He's going to change the way things are, and He's going to bring it to a head in judgment. All right? and so He says, I'm tired of what they're doing, all they ever think is evil. It has a lot to do with this. It has a lot to do with 120 years. All right, so I want you to understand something about the way uh, God made things and the way people were behaving. Uh, If you look at Matthew 24, Matthew 24, Jesus comments... On this chapter, actually. It's actually commenting on what happened in this chapter. Matthew 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah, were so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be." So, Jesus describes what we just read in Genesis 6. And what he says is they were living and having a time and getting married, and they think this is never will end ever. We can do anything we want, we can do whatever we want, there's no punishment for it. So we're just going to keep on doing whatever we want. And Jesus said that's the way they were back then. And They didn't realize, just like what he's describing, when he comes back to earth, people never will dream that that would happen. And so here's these people living on earth and doing whatever they feel like doing, and they're thinking what? They're thinking, there's no punishment. We're living to be 900 years old. And so we kind of do what we want. We're free to do whatever we want. All right? And they do whatever they want right up till that time. Now, uh, that <coughs> brings us something about what God did. If you look at uh, chapter 2 of Genesis, verse number 6... There's an interesting comment here. Genesis 2 verse 6. Describing the planet after God made it. Right after God made it. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And so it didn't rain in the beginning. There wasn't any rain. Uh, There was instead of that what you might call a tropical climate. All right, so God made this earth to be very nice, very comfortable. And remember, the first people didn't even wear clothes. All right, Pretty nice weather, okay? When he, you know, you can do that. Uh, so uh, he made a tropical climate very pleasant, all right? And so that the heat of the sun would heat up during the day and suck moisture up into the air and then the cool of the night come and it would uh, be a mist on the ground dew and that's how everything was watered for the first 1600 years. All right. And so it was a very beautiful climate and people were living 900 years somewhere in that area. So God it, repented him or he said we can't keep this up. Remember what God was doing. Remember he was going to create this world, make it the perfect place, and in the world put a perfect garden, the Garden of Eden. And he said, here's my gift to you, Adam and Eve. There, what do you think of that? And they looked around and said, whoa, <laughs> nice place. Good job. We love this place. Of course they did. Why? Tropical climate. Easy living, reach out and grab whatever you want and eat it, and you're going to live for 900 years. All right? Now, the problem is when people like Cain said he went away out of the presence of God. I don't want nothing to do with God. I'm leaving God. All right? So now. He's decided not to deal with God, to avoid God, and do whatever else, until it's recorded here that the only thing they ever think of was something worse to do. And is there any punishment? Not in their mind. They live in 900 years. And that's what Jesus said. He said, right up to the flood, they were just living. There's no punishment in this world. Look at us. We're in a beautiful place, do whatever we feel like it, and it goes on and on and on. And God finally says, okay, we're going to change that. We're going to get rid of that 900 years, knock you down to 120. Right, it's a considerable shortening, isn't it? I uh, used to think we lived to be 120, now we got it made i never knew anybody that old first of all okay and now the bible says from 70 to 80. that's pretty close to what it is now from 70 to 80. all right if you live 70 he says that's normal he says if you have strength the bible says you might get to 80. that's about where we are now so it's another 40 years off of that okay and so why? Because if humans think they can do whatever they want for as long as they want, they're going to get worse and worse and worse. So God says, we're going to shut that long life period down, and then we're going to change the climate. Climate change? <laughs> this is the real climate change. This ain't these people who are saying, oh, I don't know. May, the world may crash tomorrow. That's not what this. This is the real thing. All right. God is going to change the world drastically into something quite different. Except for verse eight, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so now we have moral decay on one side, and on the other side, a man named Noah. He's the 10th generation from Adam. He comes from the line, what we call the men of God, people who believed in God. Let's see what he does. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. All right, so we have somebody who walked with God in the last chapter. Who was that? Enoch walked with God. And what happened to Enoch? He went up to heaven. And that's probably God's original plan. God's original plan, I'm going to give you this beautiful earth, comfortable wherever you go. And uh, you're going to live a nice long life and you're going to grow and develop and get to know me better. And then when it's over, I'll take you up to heaven and you won't die. That was the original plan of God. Of course, men really messed that up. Now he's shrinking their lifetime way down, all right? And he's going to change things very drastically, except for here's this one guy, Noah. Enoch walked with God, left them an example of what God really wanted. And now Noah is doing the same thing. That means what? He walks with God. He talks with God. He communes with God all the time. He spends time with God. And it says he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That God looked down and said, that guy, he's got it together. That's what I wanted. That's exactly what I know. Just to show you a little bit about who Noah was, look to Ezekiel. This is a verse you probably never read ever. All right, about Noah, Ezekiel chapter number fourteen. Ezekiel chapter number fourteen. And God is talking here. Ezekiel 14, I'm looking at verse number 12 of Ezekiel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Ezekiel 14, verse 12. Word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, I will stretch out my hand upon it, will break the staff of bread, send famine upon it, cut off man and beast from it. Sounds like the flood, right? It's not the flood. It's not what this is, but it sounds like it. And though these three men, Noah, Noah, Daniel and Job were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. Right, so he says, What he was going to do, he's going to bring judgment on Jerusalem. And he says, Even if Noah lived there, <laughs> that's pretty good. He's in the top three Noah, Job, and Daniel. All right. Noah walked with God was perfect in his generation we just read uh, we know that Job was a man who was perfect before God he said I thought it couldn't be perfect get that thought out of your head these guys had their act together All right, and then Daniel his three top ones And he says, these three men had a tremendous influence on me, but when I'm decided I'm going to destroy Jerusalem, they are so bad I can't stand it. Down to verse 20. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it as I live, saith the Lord thy God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter, they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. So, God's opinion of Noah is really high. God looks at Noah like, man, that guy's got it together. And I noticed him. And here's the thing. He's the last man on earth that believes in God. It's got down to one man that believes in God. All right. Now, that's going against the tide, right? You and I always got a friend somewhere. We got friends in church. We got family. And we trust in God together. And we always have what we call our support system. What's this guy got? Nothing. Nobody. The last man that would die in that long list that we read was Methuselah. And he would die the year that the flood came. So he might be around. He might know Noah. That'd be his grandfather. Uh, but. Pretty much he's standing there all by himself knows by himself and God says I've got a very high opinion of him now let's look over to Hebrews chapter 11, find out what it is about him that God's so impressed with. Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament towards the back <coughs> Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And so he had faith to believe God and God said it's going to rain. It had never rained before you know. So if God told you something that never happened before, would you believe him? Never rained before. It's going to be a flood. Don't know what a flood is. Never heard of a flood. All right? Well, get ready for it. Okay. Just like that, I will. All right? And what he did, uh, he had faith. He believed what God said to him. He's numbered. He's in the top three on God's list. All right. And then he also was a preacher, the Bible says. We'll get to that in a minute. He was a preacher. And so as he lives his 600 years that lead up to the flood, he's preaching. And I wouldn't want to be in Noah's shoes. Not one convert. Not one person listened to him. Not one person believed. Nobody believed. What did it say? Jesus said they were eating and drinking and getting married. <laughs> no, no. No, what are you talk. I don't even know what you're explaining. All right. So, Noah stands out as a very remarkable fella here. And God is going to do something special with him. Verse 10, Noah begot three sons, Shem, I'm back in Genesis 6. Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And that's where it heads, when sin gets more and more and more dominant and becomes more and more violent. And that comes from Satan, from his heart, which uh, Jesus said of him, he was a murderer from the beginning. All he wanted to do was kill, all right? If you're sitting here in this church today, he wants to kill you. Don't kid yourself. He wants you dead. He wants me dead. All right, we got God on our side, so we're okay. But he wants you dead. He's very violent, all right? And this violence is what he pushes into the earth. Verse 13, And God said unto him, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence for him. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. I'm going to get rid of everybody but you. So, 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall I put in the ark. Shall pitch it within and without with pitch. This is a fashion which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. The breadth of it 50 cubits. The height of it 30 cubits. So, he's 450 feet long by 75 feet by 45 feet. 45 feet high, 75 feet wide, and uh, 450 feet long. And you, you kind of get that in your head, it's hard to get that in your head until you go look at the ark. They made that ark down there in uh, was it Tennessee? Where it is. And you walk inside of that and you look around and say, oh my goodness this is huge. All right. He built, a, built it for 100 years, got it all ready to go, and uh, And God describes on what He's going to do with it. 16, the window shalt thou make to the ark, cubit shalt thou finish it above, the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, third stories shalt thou make it. So, it's three stories high. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh. Where there is the breath of life from under heaven, everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee I will establish my covenant. I shall come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee, and every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shall I bring in the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. And he goes on to say, uh, this is what you Get ready, fill the place up and I'll send you animals. Noah didn't run around chasing down a couple deer here and there. They just came up to the ark and walked in. God said, "Uh, here's a pair of horses, here's a pair of elephants, and here's this and here's that. And he filled up the ark with animals. And uh, some of them, two, male and female, and then some of them, seven of each, if they were going to be used later, For sacrifice, all right. Uh, Certain birds and so forth, God did seven of each. And so, uh, they gather into the ark, and he's getting right to the end, verse 4 of chapter 7. For yet, seven days I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights. Every living substance I have made I will destroy from off the face of the earth. Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Now watch carefully. Right, Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. Noah went in, his sons and wives, his sons, sons with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood, of clean beasts, beasts that are not clean, fowls of everything that creepeth on the earth. They went in two and two unto Noah in the ark, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. It came to pass after seven days. All right, it took to take a week to fill everything full with the animals and to pass after saying that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. Now, here we go, verse 11. This is the most important verse in the early part of Genesis. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were open, and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, God had said... I'm bringing judgment on the earth. All right, I'm going to bring judgment because his patience has run out. Now, over Peter, 1 Peter, after Hebrews a little bit, James is Peter. All right, 1 Peter. There's a couple things about Noah here. 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 20 <clears throat> talking about Jesus which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah well <clears throat> the ark was a preparing Were in few that his eight souls were saved by water. So God is being patient. All right. He's being patient, and he's going to extend the time. Noah's building an ark. He's going to extend it to that. He's also going to extend it to cover the lifetime of everybody that was in Noah's line until the last person in that line, Noah's the only one alive. All right. So he's patiently extending his patience, and then finally there's going to come judgment. All right. there's, there's going to come... And judgment's a major thing that comes from God. Now, you look at 2 Peter. Just turn a couple pages over. 2 Peter chapter 2. And verse 5. 2 Peter 2, verse 5. And God spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, there he is, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. And here, the Bible talks about the old world. There was an old world. And there's going to come judgment on the world. Right now, uh, when people don't believe there's any judgment, do whatever they want. That's what you see today, pretty common. People have no concept of judgment to come. Now, we can go through the Bible, let's point it out again and again and again and again. We have the flood, right? The first major judgment of God against the human race. He's going to, after 10 generations, he's going to wipe out every human except for the people in that boat. You're going to go a little bit farther, you're going to get to Sodom and Gomorrah with Abraham. These people are uh, wildly homosexual. And God says, that's it. I'm finished with that. He tells Lot, get out tonight. And he gets out and he burns Sodom and Gomorrah to the ground. So that to this day, there's nothing they can find. All, right? All there is is sulfur deposits where those cities were. Right? Complete judgment. Judgment. Jerusalem would also be in the list of complete judgment. All right? After Jerusalem was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, they said they went by it for 70 years. It was what they called a hissing. A hissing. People were like, look. Look at that. That used to be the main thoroughfare in this part of the world. And there's nothing left. There's not a stone standing on top of another. It's a pile of garbage and junk. And it was so completely destroyed it, it said people were hissing. Are they're thinking, wow, look what happened. And so judgment has come from God in many different ways. I think you look at a place uh, like the Mayan civilization in South America. All right? They talk about all oh, this wonderful civilization. Where do they all go? Well, I think they were in the list, too. Because whenever they find a temple, and they go down in the temple, there's some young girl with her head bashed in. They find a young girl. They're sacrificing humans. And God said, oh, we're not doing that. Bang. And it goes on. Right? They come to the promised land. Who's in there? All right? Canaanites. What are they famous for doing? Killing babies. They kill babies. They make fire in the, in the stones. They take a newborn baby and throw it in the fire and sacrifice it to baal, all right? God said, we're not doing that anymore, and so God is through the 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 record in the Bible, and outside of the record too has uh brought judgment and here's the first judgment the flood comes on the earth, and uh, it's an amazing judgment that he's going to create here, and so. He's going to change the old world, which was tropical, very pleasant, long life. They had a long life. They lived 900 years, and they had no concept of judgment. And because of that arrogance, we'd do anything we want. God said, watch this. All right, and He sends this flood. And you can't imagine what happened except for you get this description in chapter 7 of Genesis in verse 11. It's a very important uh, description of what happened. Because we generally think, well it just started raining and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. No, 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 that's not what happened. That is not what happened. Here's what happened here. again, verse chapter 7, 11, 600 year of Noah's life in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open. So if we could look at a map of the world and we said, well, here we have North America and there we have South America and over here is Europe and down here is Africa and uh, over here is Asia. And so we got the Pacific Ocean here and the Atlantic Ocean there and the Indian Ocean here and a few other bodies of water. And so uh, what God did, he said I'm gonna blow the planet to pieces. I'm gonna cover it like it's never been covered before. And so he said, the fountains of the deep were open. Well, we're not talking about rain now. We're talking about rivers, uh, huge reservoirs of water underneath the oceans. And all of a sudden, they burst up and shoot up into the atmosphere, uh, one after the other, and we think, We're guessing now. Okay, we're guessing. But we think that the the deep channel that runs along the Atlantic Ocean, the same one along the Pacific Ocean, uh, those deep channels may have been the fountains of the deep under the oceans. And all of a sudden, bang, they blew up. And so we get this huge volume of water rushing up into the atmosphere. All right? Now, what does it do? Well, uh... It's going to fill the atmosphere with water, Uh, huge volumes of water. Going to create tidal waves. All right. So once in a while we have tidal waves now, not very often. All right, but it's from an earthquake under this ocean. Creates a tidal wave. So you have the earth moving under the ocean, and water comes rushing up. Last one we had was long ago. Coast of India, I think, right? All the waters went down, Every people stood there watching. Hey, where's the ocean going? And all the animals ran as fast as they could <laughs> up in the hills. The animals said, Let's get out of here. And the people stood and watched, and then they came back. There's a tidal wave. Well, multiply that by 100 million all over the earth. So the first thing you got is an atmosphere just filled with water just blowing up everywhere all over the earth and so the first thing that happens is the temperature goes whoosh that warm tropical climate where the sun is up there making everything very comfortable and nice it just get covered all and there's huge volume of water in the air and it shuts the sun off and the temperature drops. So how do you know that? Well, there's a few kind of fun facts that we do know that we've run into that are pretty interesting You talk about climate change. They found a woolly mammoth. You know what a woolly mammoth is? He look like an elephant with big tusks. And uh, they were up in Siberia. And Siberia is just a big block of ice, Okay. Nobody enjoys it up in Siberia. But they were digging in the ice, and they found a woolly mammoth down there. And so they chipped him out of the ice, and they opened his mouth, and this is what's in his mouth right here. These buttercups in the mouth of the woolly mammoth. Now think about it, all right? So the temperature drops five, 10 degrees, and we all go, "Ooh, feels chilly today." What would you do if it dropped 100 degrees?" In five minutes. All right? Well, what do the animals do? He can't even chew what's in his mouth. And he goes down, dies there, and now the water comes down and it's rushing up over the earth and comes running down uh, in the form of rains like you, you and I have never seen rains like that. And now he's buried in ice for the next 5,000 years. And they dig him up what do they find? He was eating buttercups in Siberia. Go up there now tell me how many buttercups are in Siberia. There isn't any. Why? Why would that be? Because It used to be tropical, it was beautiful. The climate was extraordinarily well kept by God as he promised to make this earth such a pleasant place. It was the long life and the rebellious nature of the human race as he's gonna change that climate. Uh, My brother used to run all the parks in Montana And in eastern Montana, one of the parks that he ran uh, was uh, noted for dinosaur bones. And he was telling me that there's an old riverbed that went through this area, and they just found dinosaurs, 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 all a big line of dinosaur bones. And there were ones that were maybe five feet high. And now these are a cold blooded creature, okay? They're cold blooded creatures. And he said, uh, these, these dinosaurs are obviously coming up to the river. And they were crossing in the river. So he found, they found when they started excavating the place on the one side of the river, there's a dead dinosaur, dead dinosaur, dead dinosaur. Right in the middle of the river, dead dinosaur, dead dinosaur. Get to the other side of the river. Dead dinosaurs, dead dinosaurs. So what's going on? Well, oh, they're moving around, all right? Let's uh, head west, all right, or east or whatever it was. And so they're moving along, and the temperature drops 100 degrees in a few minutes. They're a cold-blooded animal, all right? And so they go... <gasps> Drop over dead, right in the river, right on the shore... Right in the line, just like they were traveling. And they dug up these uh, dinosaur bones, skeletons of dinosaurs, through the whole area. And he said they were in the middle of crossing the river, and they all died at once immediately right there. What happened? We just read it. The found of the deep open sent up huge volumes of water into the sky, shut off the heat of the sun immediately, and the temperature dropped down and killed just about everything there is. All right, And so we have some evidence that things were going good. You've got cold-blooded creatures running around Montana. Is it nice and warm up there? It was. And I used to, my brother would call, he said, that's 40 below today. I said, enjoy it. They don't want it. You can keep it, all right? But uh, uh, back then, it was a thriving place for dinosaurs, which were, of course, cold blooded creatures. So it's not just rain coming down, it's water rushing up into the atmosphere and shutting everything off. So what happened? There's a whole series of things that we can track that are kind of fascinating I think in, in geological history. Now what we have is people and I'll give you kind of the logic that they have used so that you can see that it's a circular logic. You know what I mean by circular logic. If A is true, then B is true. And if B is true, then A must be true. And it's not necessarily reasonable. All right, circular logic. Uh, The evolutionists uh, said well, if we look at the Earth and there's layers layers and layers and layers and layers and layers. Layers and layers, and so we're going to go down through, and you know, once every year there's a little layer laid down, and next year there's another layer laid down, and it's been like that for the last hundred million years. They're putting these little layers and layers and layers down, and so we count the layers and we figure, well, that's all years, and so that's why it took a hundred million years for the earth to develop, right? And then along came somebody and said, how do you know those layers were laid down one a year? How do you know that? Well, everything has been stable since the very beginning. Oh, has it? Really? What if... There was a catastrophic event, and it wasn't nice and stable every year. Well, then they, this, I love this. Then they said, well, we're going to figure out how old the earth is by these layers. How we're going to age the earth, 100 million years or whatever. Then they said, well, here's another way. We're going to find a fossil in there. And we're going to look at that fossil in the light of its evolution. And so, if we find uh, some kind of uh, fish sort of creature, well, we know that that evolved way back 100 million years ago. So, we know this ground is 100 million years old because that fish used to live here on Earth 100 million years ago. Now, think about that. How old is it? Well, the layers tell us. Do they really tell you? Well, the fish tells us. Well, what tells you? The fish or the layers or what? Well, you've already brought evolution in and said that fish had to go through all his evolution, so we know that from when the first amoeba crawled out of that accidental thing in the mud and turned into half frog and blah, 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 that took, you know, 50 million years. And so if there's a fish, in that land down under those layers, and we know that's 150 million years old, alright? Because that's the evolutionary definition. What if evolution is not real? What if it's like the Bible says, God made everything after his own kind? Right? I mean, that doesn't have to be that old at all. Now, this is what I Here's what I really like. I love this stuff. Uh, one of the things that they had discovered, uh, and this comes from the idea that everything has been perfectly stable forever. All right? Now, the Bible says that's not the case. The Bible says there was a catastrophic incident that struck the earth, and we call it Noah's Flood. It was God's flood, really. Noah was just hanging around, all right? But it was God's flood. He opened up the fountains of the deep, cracked the holes in the bottom of the ocean, sent water shooting up in the atmosphere, dropped the temperature immediately, and creates tidal waves. And so, for us, living where we live, it's kind of fascinating. If you go from here west, The United States is kind of flat, and then it goes out across the prairie, and it's pretty flat. And then you, if you ever traveled out there, you come to those Rocky Mountains, spectacular rising up out of nothing, and there's them Rockies. Well, on the east side of the Rocky Mountains, they found coal beds, beds of coal. Uh, From five foot thick, sometimes to ten feet thick. Coal is created from plants. Uh, Die, fall down, come under pressure. Eventually that pressure creates from organic matter, creates coal. And so along the east side of the Rocky Mountains, they found these uh, coal beds. Uh, deep, 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 deep coal beds. Now, when they go to Pennsylvania and they're drilling for coal, anybody been in the mines down there, in the coal mines? There's a little strip of coal that big through the rock. All right, little strips of coal here, there, through the rock. You get out there, and it's this big, phenomenal deposits of coal. Well, how did that come to be? What if there was a tidal wave off the Atlantic Ocean, came across America, sweeping everything in front of it, and leaves a huge deposit of trees and vegetation on the edge of the Rocky Mountains? How would there get to be so much coal? Noah's Flood. These tidal waves are coming out of the ocean all over the place, sweeping across America, dumping these coal deposits out there. And some people think that's how the Grand Canyon came to be. Because in those mountains, there's a spot there where you can have probably a big old lake. But if the water keeps coming and keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming, the lake is rising and rising and rising and rising and rising and rising and rising, and it says it's going to go over top of the mountains, okay? And that water is rising. Tremendous amount of pressure, and they had something that they experienced once because they have a big dam in a river there, and one of the rivers that comes out of the mountains, and they had a little leak and they said well we can uh, wait because it's just a little drip Well, something happened called cavitation or there's a cave formed as the water moves and then stones get in that little cave and it begins to eat the cave out with the water and the stones called cavitation making a cave and, and it blew out the dam uh, in You know, two days or something. And they realized what happened. And they said, well, that's probably what happened to the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon started out cavitation, all right? You got this huge lake filling up, and the cavitation is rolling and rolling. Bursts open, runs through, and creates uh, the Grand Canyon in a couple days. And they're up there counting these... They think, well, no. See, there's like a hundred million years as we count it all in line, and all it ever was is just the the river coming slowly through, cutting down into those lines. All right. So, the people who believe that assume that the Earth has been perfectly normal, nothing unusual happened. The Bible says, oh no, something very unusual happened. And it sent things so that the old world was gone. Not at all like it ever was before. All right? And so you got the Grand Canyon being made. And you say, well, here's, here's what to me is one of the fascinating things. Uh, <clears throat> in Yellowstone, this is true, and there's places along there where they're looking at all these layers and they're saying, okay, there's you know, 50 million years there. And they come along, and sure enough, there's a tree. (laughs) Standing up. Is that tree 50 million years old? How'd that tree get to be in that rock that's supposed to be 50 million years old? Well, it didn't happen in 50 million years, it happened in a couple days. So you say, can you prove that? Well, we got something pretty cool uh, that happened. One of the things they find in Yellowstone is what they call fossil forests trees that are fossilized. And they find in there, through the layers, one tree standing up, which tells me what? Those layers didn't go down one slow. Eon after another, after another. They went... So, something cool happened. I think it's fantastic. And I love it. Uh, Something called Mount St. Helens. It's a volcano out west. And it blew. All right. And so, uh, in one day, they deposited six... Hundred feet of layers in one day. Now at the bottom of Mount St. Helens was a big lake, and now in that lake, what's called Spirit Lake, there's trees standing upright, filled with layer after layer after layer after layer after layer of debris that came off the mountain, and so on and so forth. And so they said to the people, so if you got 600 feet of layers on Mount St. Helens, how many years is that? And they said 12 million. He said, no, it's one day. It's one day. Happened in one day. So it is not like people have said, slowly the earth is moving along. There was a catastrophic event called Noah's Flood that came along and radically changed the earth and forever changed the climate. So that the way it used to be, which was a heavy concentration of water in the air that warmed the earth, it created... Uh, uh, dew on the ground is gone. All right? So when all that water went shooting up and all that rain came a-coming down, and you're going to go up over the mountain, Noah is floating in a boat over top of the mountains. All right, And as in Mount St. Helens, uh, there's an upright tree in Spirit Lake, and there's 600 feet of layers that were put down in one day. All right? And they said, well, You know, according to our theories, that must have took 12 million years. Well, your theories aren't right. right? We got proof now in uh, Mount St. Helens that that can happen in no time, and we got upright trees standing in the bottom of the lake, covered with layers and layers and layers and layers. And so, the, the evolutionists have to rely on long periods of time. Because you can't go from an amoeba to us <laughs> in a few years, okay? Matter of fact, we can't do it, we know we can't do it at all. So they said, well, it has to be a hundred million billion years for that to be so. Well, does it really? Does it really? What if that could all happen in a day? What if the Grand Canyon was cut out in two days? All right. Highly possible, highly likely, caused by Noah's flood. So when we go around the earth and we look at things as they are, as they happened, and we get some real unusual things. Right here, where you are sitting right now, is something that I think is pretty cool, pretty unusual. When I first got here, they said, there's a huge rock in front of the church. I thought, well, that's a big rock. How big could it be, you know? Is it 10 feet across? And the old guy said, oh, well, it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, okay, okay. He said, we wanted to take the road down and get rid of the hill, but we hit that rock and we couldn't go down anymore. That's why you're still on a hill up here. Well, if you look the old stairs, it used to be just two out the front, and then you were road level. All right, now you see you go down... 10 steps or 12, whatever it is, to the road level. They took it down that far, and then they hit that rock. Well, when I was going (coughs) to run electricity over into the village, these guys came and said, we'll drill under the road for you. I said, oh, let's start right here. And they went in. They Nope, can't get through there. (laughs) Really? How about here? Nope. How about here? Nope. How about here? Finally, they got way down the other side of the driveway, and they got through, because there's a huge rock there. Where do you think that came from? I'd say pretty good guess, Noah's Flood. When that tidal wave came running, there was a big old boulder somewhere, and it got dropped right in front of the church, and so it became sort of a swirling around that rock as the water came rushing across, and it sucked most of the topsoil off the surrounding fields because there's hardly any down in those fields and dumped it up here. And when we dug in our septic system, healthy uh, health department said, well, let's see what you got here. We went down a foot and it was all topsoil. Well, you got to go more. I we went down two foot and it was all topsoil. You got to go more. Went down three foot and it was still all topsoil right behind the church. And the health partner said, you got to go more. And the old guy in the backhoe said, I ain't going anymore. That's where it's going to be. That's the best ground you ever saw, because it's all topsoil. Well, I think you got a perfect picture in Noah's flood. All right? Come rushing up across the country, sweeping things out of its way, shoving things and pushing things around, and a catastrophic event. It changed the landscape, first of all, drastically changed the landscape, and then when it was all finished, it changed the climate. Now we have cold places on Earth. Now where that uh, woolly mammoth is, ain't no buttercups there anymore, okay? And now up in Montana, where all those uh, dinosaurs were, it's kind of nasty place. Nothing there you want to go look at, all right? So it's the, the catastrophic event that made huge changes in the world as a judgment of God against sin. And now the world is not like it was. And so now you're going to have to struggle with the climate, all right? Uh, you're going to have to deal with snow and you're going to have to it's not all tropical like it was once and uh, it's a very changed earth and so the Bible talks about the old world before the flood and the new world after why? Because God said If I make it easy on you, if I bless you and I make the climate beautiful and I give you a long life so you can worship me for longer, all you do is rebel and rebel. I'm going to change that world and make it a struggle for you and limit where you can go and limit what you can do. And I'm going to limit how long you live and make it so that you are much more now aware of judgment. You're not going to live 900 years, you're going to hit 7 0 and say, Wait a minute, Bible says <laughs> I'm topping out here 80. That's it, that's it. Yeah, you know, and you know, we're living a little longer than that now, but not a lot longer. All right, not a lot longer. So, uh, we have God's judgment on the earth, He said, It repents me, I wish. It wasn't like this. I made it so nice, so good. And I gave them such a long lifespan that they thought they could rebel forever and never pay for sin. So it's much more apparent to us in our time that we're going to pay, all right? Judgment is going to be made. And we live in a very changed world Because of the flood, because that one verse, fountains of the deep open, and the waters came rushing all over the earth, tidal waves and everything else, and changed the earth as it was. And we think that sometimes the big, huge cracks in the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean sucked up all the water and ran back into the oceans eventually. And uh, only they were a whole lot deeper than they used to be. So, it's the uh, argument against how the world was made that the flood comes along and gives us example after example after example of not the long, slow, dragged out, stable, quote, process that's supposed to have formed the earth, but instead a catastrophic judgment Against sin, change the whole earth. All right. Next, we'll see what happens when it's over. Thank you. Thank you.